Okay, so let's see something very interesting about great Jewish faith. The Ramban was one of the great Rishinim that we have. And he, otherwise known as Nachmanides, he was, uh, he had a student who was very sick. And he understood that his student was not going to be around too much longer. So he somehow um, asked him in a way, I guess, that was delicate to, if, he sh- if and when he dies, to go up to heaven, to go up to the Kisah Kavad, the, the great throne in heaven, and ask Hashem um, about what he's doing in this world. How could uh, there be such suffering of the Jewish people in this world, which is a question that has plagued people from time immemorial. And, you know, most recently on October 7th, I think we have that, you know, that question kicking around in our heads, like, how could this happen? And so he said, please ask these questions. He gave him a list of these types of questions. And he said, ask them to Hashem if you, you know, get to meet your maker soon. The student returned to the Ramban in a dream and he explained that in Shemayim, in heaven, those questions that he had prepared to ask were no longer difficult. What does that mean? That means that in this world, things seem very unclear, very murky. We have no idea you know, why things happen, what's the cause and effect. If we have an October 17th event, like, uh, October 7th event, like what... Um, you know, what brought it on, what's, what's going to lead to, uh, we don't know. We're, we're, we're too close to it, right? We're right in the middle of everything. We have no idea what caused it. We have no idea where it's taking us, how the, how the story is going to end. But when you go to Shamayim, in Shamayim, everything is very, very clear. Things are much clearer in Shamayim than they are down here. So the questions that we are plagued with in this world are only plaguing us because we're in this world. But when we go to Shemayim, whenever that day may be, all the questions that we have are not going to be uh, a problem. We're not gonna, they're not going to bother us anymore because from that perspective, from heavenly perspective, everything becomes very clear. So this is the picture that I used, sort of like a telescope or a camera, and even though the outside... It's very uh, unclear, but it's, it comes into focus on the inside. Okay, that's uh, one, one lesson that we're learning today. Another lesson that we're learning is as follows. This is very important from the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov says that sometimes in life, life doesn't go as planned. Um, we find ourselves far from the comfort of home and we travel on a journey far away. Have you ever been there? Like you're just like traveling, you want to be home, you want to be in a place that you're comfortable, but for some reason you can't get back home and you're... No. Never happened? All right, good. That's good. Okay. I don't get homesick. But sometimes, what? I don't get homesick when I travel. Okay. Or places I end up traveling to that I don't want to be, but I'm, I right. think it's my home. Right. 
So sometimes you miss being home, you miss having a daily regiment, you miss going to a certain minion that you're comfortable with, you miss, you miss being, um, you know, learning with your friends, being around family. There are times that I could definitely relate. Sometimes I'm like traveling someplace and, you know, just want to be home. So the Baal Shem Tov says, the Baal Shem Tov was, of course, the founder of Hasidus. He says that even then, when you're far away from home and you're homesick and you miss being you know, in a place that you're comfortable, even then, um, a person should stay positive and strong, armed with a faith that whatever happens is for a divine purpose. Whatever happens in life is for a divine purpose. And although the new terrain may be unfamiliar, Hashem is a constant. He is always with us. And you should utilize this circumstance to discover new ways to serve Him. So that's what the Baal Shem says. Hashem is looking for us to serve Him in different ways. Sometimes we serve Him by being in our comfort zone, being in yeshiva, having our dafyaimi, having our seder, having our, 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 our tefillah, our abayim, our friends. That's great. But that's not always the way Hashem wants us to serve Him. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. And the question is, let's say when we, are, when we find ourselves in a place that's outside of our comfort zone, and this is not where we want to be, sometimes uh, we get frustrated, we get angry, we get upset, and uh, we don't want to serve Hashem anymore because it's not comfortable. If Hashem really loved us, He would have put us you know, in a place that's, that's more comfortable. Imagine, imagine um, a person has to be in jail. For whatever reason, he did a crime or was on trumped-up charges or whatever, whatever the, uh, the reason might be. So many people, I would imagine, if they're in jail, and let's say you're in jail and you're amongst only Gayim. So, you know, eventually you lose your motivation to daven and to learn. And then there are certain people that they begin to discover a closeness to Hashem that they didn't have when they were doing uh, their normal routine. Sometimes a person can utilize opportunities that life is not, when life is a little different, the Baal Shem Tev says, you're traveling and you can't study, you can't learn as you normally do. The Baal Shem Tev says, do not get depressed. You should just understand that Hashem wants you to worship Him in different ways. And it's not so easy sometimes. It's very difficult to maintain our amunah and bitachan when we're in places that we're not comfortable being in. But that is what Hashem wants. Okay, here's another one. Also from the Baal Shem Tov. We believe in Ashkacha Pratis. We believe that everything that happens every second of every day is divinely orchestrated. That means that nothing happens randomly. Wherever we go, whoever we see, anything that we experience is Hashem. Uh, speaking to us or telling us a message. And we have no longer prophets. We don't live in the times of the Nevi'im that Hashem could directly communicate with us. But Hashem still has ways to send us messages. And the Baal Shem Tov, again, the founder of Hasidus, teaches us that Hashem still today communicates with us. Through our daily experience, interactions, and signs, Hashem teaches us vital lessons. We should observe all the events we go through each day and see them as significant, knowing that we are constantly being sent messages by the one above, who cares for us and guides us with love. A great example of this, this is the picture that I used, 
um, is that I don't know. I found randomly on the internet a sign, like a, it's like a light post. That it looks like, yes, it's in Eretz Israel. It looks like it's in Israel, and it says, "Return now, tshuva achshav." Now you could just say, "Hey, who's the guy that put that bumper st- sticker up on the lamppost?" Or you could say, "Maybe Hashem arranged that that should be put on the lamppost, and that I should see it because He's trying to send me a message to do tshuva." No. Yeah, so maybe it's, it's, it's everybody that sees it. Not everybody will notice it. A lot of people, sometimes you put a sign on the base matter store and nobody notices it. You know, people, somebody said, what are you putting signs about your, your tissue or whatever on the, on the, no one looks there. Everyone just walks right past it. Sometimes you got to maybe put it on a WhatsApp or something to get people's attention. But most people don't, rec- don't look at things. But whoever is able to see the sign, Hashem is intending it to be a message to that person. Sometimes they do tshuva. Sometimes you might like bump into a, an old friend and he might tell you something and that, that what he tells you like ha- strikes a chord somehow. And it tells you, you know, you got to go back to being that type of person. Like he says, oh wow, I remember when we were in yeshiva together, you used to be the biggest mask in yeshiva. And now all of a sudden like you realize that I'm not that anymore. So maybe Hashem sent you that person as a sign to send you that message that maybe try to be that again, or try to be involved in chesed, or, or be a, you know, I remember you used to be such a great son to your parents, and now I'm not, like, so maybe do it again. But everything in life is a message. It's just, we, we need the eyes to be able to see it as messages. Somebody once said something cute like that, you know, if you ever hear, like, um, like famous speakers, like, I don't know, Rabbi Krohn, Rabbi Friend, or something, and they always have like these great anecdotes that they were standing online in a supermarket and somebody said something and then they have a whole sheer based on that. You know, does that mean that those things only happen to famous speakers? No. It happens to every one of us. We all have incidents in our lives that, that could be a very profound observation, lesson that we could take and we could spread. But we're not, we're not that observant. We don't really look at things in that light. They're looking for speeches always. They need, it. they need information. They need material. But most of us aren't, we don't really notice the things that are, the messages that are being sent our way. But the Baal Shem Tov says you have to see life as constant signals. Not only life, the Ramban writes in his famous letter that when you get up from a sefer, you should think about what you learned because there's probably a message there. In, Personally, for you. It might be in Mesechus Kedushin. It might be like if you, if you, the Aliyah of the, you get, let's say, an Aliyah to the Torah, and, and there's a lesson maybe in those Psukim to you. Sometimes I try to like really pay attention to when I get an Aliyah, what is the Pasuk, what are these Psukim telling me? Because it's probably Hashem is sending me a message. Sometimes you open up some random, you know, Sefer or a book, or, you know, and you just turn to a certain page, and there's a story that like, Hey, that's odd. Like, why is that? Being, why am I reading this? It's so, it's so personal. It's so relevant to me. A lot of times, these are ways that Hashem, instead of Nevi'im, instead of prophets, He He sends messages our way. Our job in life is to always keep our eyes open and seeing, you know, seeing these messages. There's a great vart from Reb Chaim Shmulevitz that when when Yosef Atzadik was first, he was thrown into the pit. And then he was sold to a group of uh, Arabs, uh, and then uh, and the Arabs, uh, you know, 
Anyway, there, there was, it, he changed hands a few times, but he was sent down to Mitzrayim together with cargo of like very nice spell, smelling spices. Right? There were spices, the Psukim say exactly what the spices were. So Rashi there points out that normally Arabs don't deal in spices, it's not their industry. Their line of business is more neft, it's like petroleum. And petroleum smells very bad, like tar and, and oil, petroleum. These are things that have terrible odors. But Yosef, you know, when he happened to have been sold to a, in a caravan of nice-smelling things. So Rebbe Chaim says, does it really matter? I mean, Yosef was just thrown into a pit by his brothers, sold down to Egypt. He doesn't know where he's going, what he's going to end up being or doing. And is the biggest issue in his mind right now that he was... You know, that he was put in a caravan that had nice-smelling things instead of... Ne- Does it really matter? A person's on, you know, being sent on a cattle car you know, to Auschwitz. Do you think it matters, really, at that point, whether or not the, the car smells great or the car smells lousy? Like, that's not really the biggest issue right now. So Reb Chaim Shalabit says that, and he brings a few rayas to this, but he says that this is what we call a kiss from Hashem. Hashem, Yosef was aware of the fact that he was being sold. This is the lowest point of his life. He was also aware of the fact that it could be worse. There could have been a foul-smelling petroleum that would be normal for Arabs to have. But instead, for some reason, these Arabs happened to have a beautiful aroma that was infusing his caravan, where he was being sold down to Egypt in. And he took that as a sign from heaven that Hashem is giving him a kiss. Hashem loves him. Hashem didn't forget about him. And so whenever he breathed, whenever he inhaled that beautiful smell, he took that as like a sign of intimacy from Hashem. And we have that opportunity all the time. Sometimes like, I can't even think of, it, of, of an example, but it happens very often. We, really, we should write these things down when it does happen. Um, but so many times, like in life, let's say you're down about something, you're in a very bad mood, and then all of a sudden, like something very nice happens to you. Something nice happens, whatever. Some you get a you get a text from somebody that you care about, thinking of you, have a great day, or or, or like an emoji of a heart, or maybe uh, you know you get a letter in the mail that day from something, or you get a I don't know, a professor says you wrote a great paper or something. Somebody says something nice to you, even though you were in like a really bad mood. That's a kiss from Hashem. That's, a, that's Hashem telling you, I love you. Everything is going to be good. Don't bother getting, don't be so down. I have your back. Everything is fine. You're going to be fine. And it happens all the time. Is that, do, do you ever, do you know what I'm talking about? You ever have such experiences? A lot, right? No. <laughs> Um, but if you, maybe you have to be more observant of these things, but like sometimes, like notice a lot of, and a lot of times when people are down, they're in a really bad mood, I tell them, and I tell myself, I try to tell myself, that if you have a really bad day today, tomorrow you're going to have a good day. A lot of times Hashem sends like really bad stuff in order that, you know, sometimes like the, the, the cloudy weather brings rain, which is a blessing. Sometimes when you have to go through some bad stuff in order to have some really good stuff happen in your life. So you appreciate more next day? Not necessarily that you appreciate it, but that sometimes a person, Hashem wants him to have something good, but maybe 
he doesn't yet deserve it or something, so he has to like go through a little more kapara, as uh, Sarada might say, right? You have to get more atonement, a little bit more atonement, then boom, now you're ready for the blessing. But all of these things in life are really messages. Hashem, if we believe in Hashkafa Prabhupada, we believe and we do, that Hashem is really with us. Hashem is not like some you know, God that's a, a billion miles away in the sky that doesn't care about us or he's too busy to worry about me and you. If we believe that he does worry about me and you, and so how, if you were God, how would you send the people down on planet Earth messages that I love you and that I care about you and that I, I, I'm worried about you and things are going to be okay even when they seem that they're not going to be okay. So Hashem uses messengers, different types of messengers, messages from, sometimes from really, from people that are the least you'd expect them to be from. Remember I once, once read a story about a person who was, a person like wasn't from, I don't know if he went off the derech or whatever, and was not religious. He was driving his car on Yom Kippur night, on Kol Nidre night, um, in the middle of Manhattan. And he was like completely, like, completely not from. And there was like a big traffic jam, and there was a cop standing on the street, and, the, and so he rolls down his window and he asks the cop, you know, what's going on? What's all this traffic for? He says, don't you know, tonight is Yom Kippur night. And, and there's a lot of Jews that are trying to get to synagogue to pray. And that was the, that, was this, that Italian cop that told him that, was the first starting point. Like an Italian cop knows it's Yom Kippur, and I don't. He said he pulled his car over, he went into local show, and that's where he began his journey back to Yiddishkeit. Sometimes Hashem uses Italian cops to, to send messages to people. Sometimes he uses, uh, I don't know, whatever, whatever but there, there's constantly bumper stickers, signs, license plates, you know, something. There's so many messengers, messengers that Hashem employs, that Hashem activates in order to send each and every one of us signs and, 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 and kisses. And sometimes it's not a kiss, sometimes it's the opposite, sometimes it's little, little reprimands that we're not doing the right thing. But whatever it is, our eyes, our ears, our hearts have to be open to being sensitive to these messages that Hashem sent. So if you're learning something, Ramban says, pick up your heart at the end of the day, at the end of the Seder, and say, what did... What was the message that I took from this? What was the, the Torah reading about? What was the, uh, what was the Gemara about? What was the Daf about? So many times in the Daf there are things that are, that are so relevant. Um, you know, just a few days ago we were learning the end of Kedushan and there was, um, I don't even remember what it was, but there was something that like, it was speaking to me. Like it was like, okay, Bamberger, like listen, there's something, you know, Hashem is telling me something. And, and this is what we have to do. This is how we find inspiration in life is by, is by when we feel Hashem cares about us because you feel that embrace, you feel the warmth, you feel that Hashem has my back, He cared enough to send me that little kiss. That's a sign that uh, that's when we begin to, to really begin our journey of being inspired and changing and being more positive and knowing that even though the times now are very, very bad and the times we're living in are the hardest, you know, in, in recent memory of a bad, in decades and decades, but there still are signs that, you know, that Hashem is, is here. Rosh Hashem, you know, I made a, a chasna last week for my daughter, first simcha, uh, first uh, child to get married. You know, that, that's a very clear sign to me. Hashem is telling me, and He's telling all the people that came, you know, that, look, you know, like, it's terrible, there's a war, but 
life goes on, like you were saying before, you have to keep on moving on with life. You, have to, you can't just stop, you can't get bogged down in depression, and it's not what Jews do. Even though it seems sometimes you know, very contradictory to be celebrating and dancing at a wedding when you know that what's going on in Israel is like crazy, but this is what God wants. God doesn't want us to be mired in depression. There's been always, even in the concentration camps, people got married, and people made simchas, and people made bris milas, and whatever they could do. So a Jew always has to push forward. A Jew has to be always um, observant about the different people around us, the different signs around us, and always have utmost bitachin that Hashem cares about us, loves us, and is always going to make uh, the endings happy. Okay, my son.